God has really blessed me. You know, he let me work in D.C., let me work with EIB and Hollywood and Silicon Valley. And he's shown me through all those experiences that there is one problem and one solution, and that's why we do this show. Welcome to A Disciple's View with Todd Herman. God of the universe created the world. He didn't snap his fingers or wink his eye. God spoke. He said, let there be light. And because we believe we speak about the happenings in our world, mindful that our true home is with Jesus Christ in his kingdom, welcome to a disciple's view. A confession for you. When I began to see uh, the news breaking out of Israel about the uh, terrorist attacks, I was obviously deeply saddened like you were, and then I started to think about prepping a radio show and a podcast. And I didn't remove myself from the emotions necessarily, but I didn't stop and drop to my knees in prayer. And that's a huge failing. It's something I spoke about um, with friends, and many people have had this reaction, not necessarily obviously prepping radio shows or podcasts. We're a small group of people who do this for a living. But not dropping to our knees in prayer. And for what would we pray? Wisdom for leaders. Protection for the innocent. The innocent. There's innocent people on both sides. Justice. Justice. Uh, God has already meted out justice. Justice has been done because God says it will be done. I don't want revenge, except I want revenge. Maybe you do too. It's difficult to not want it. And yet we're warned about this. Be still and know that I am the Lord. How could you be still? Few of us have ever faced anything like What happened to the people in Israel simply going about life? Young people at a concert, 260 young people murdered, raped. Apparently, young women raped next to the bodies of their dead friends. It's it's satanic. I feel it's satanic. Uh, You won't hear, of course, in the mainstream media, the Mockingbird media, any discussion of a biblical significance to an attack on this level against Israel. There are now rockets that have been fired from Lebanon into Israel. Lebanon. Wasn't Benghazi in Lebanon? Isn't it still? Didn't someone go start a civil war there to score points? So she could prop herself up as a hard-edged leader of men, leader of nation. Uh, It's not revenge I'm seeking. It's justice, I hope, but I want revenge. I I want revenge against men who would kidnap a young girl from Germany for no other reason than that she was there. And apparently not sufficiently Islamic. She wasn't an Islamist or Muslim. 
I don't want revenge, except I do. And that's stealing. God has said revenge belongs to him. Such a trap, because we could fall into what Satan would want us to do, which is utter hatred. And Man, that's hard. At least we've got a strong leader. No, I mean, God is the strongest possible leader, but of course we have a strong leader in the United States. Well, but we don't. We are a leaderless country. It was, see, uh, just before, it's 11.52 a.m. Eastern time today, that the White House has called a lid. So they will not be putting the figurehead Biden in front of cameras today. Now, in his defense, it was a late night, what with the barbecue last night. No, he, 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 he had a barbecue last night. So one can understand him being exhausted. Perhaps he's working behind the scenes. Perhaps he's in the war room. There is the trip, of course, that Benjamin Netanyahu will be making to appear before the Congress of the United States to ask for money, except that probably won't happen. A friend of mine who is a uh, retired special forces operative and works in international security pointed out to me last week, or no, pointed out to me early this week, the United States keeps a large cache of weapons in or near Israel that we can deploy to help them at a moment's notice. And then I discovered that in, uh, in, in earlier this year, according to the New York Times, we decided to send that uh, January 17th, we decided to send a bunch of that military equipment to Ukraine. So it's a somewhat smaller cache, if it's a cache at all. Incidentally, why do I feel so differently about Ukraine versus Israel? Is it because God has told us how special Israel is to him? It might be. It might be as well that we participated in, that is, Victoria Newland and other people with our State Department participated in pushing that war. They wanted this war with Ukraine, in my assessment. They wanted it for whatever reason, maybe to make Ukraine the new source of, of energy, One can baffle oneself all day long as to why, but why is my feeling so much different? And it is. I think it's because it was the young people. It was the murdering of families. All wars contain civilian deaths to some degree. But I guess it's the personal nature of it that you could drive into a neighborhood, kick down the doors of someone who is not a soldier, who's elderly or perhaps as we've all seen footage of parents and grandparents placing their bodies over the little ones, that you could go kill someone like that. That's satanic. We're not supposed to say that. You won't hear that in the Mockingbird media because it judges one's side. I'm judging the acts of anyone who would do that. And Satan laughs and smiles, particularly, particularly when I looked at that and said, man, That's why I have an AR-15. More than one of them. That's why I have my own little weapons cache. There are those who trust in horses and chariots. As for me, me and my home, we will trust in the Lord. Do I? 
Do you? Certainly God gives us the ability and the right to defend the life he gave us. There's no question. No question. If someone was coming into our home, God forbid, to harm my family, I wouldn't think for half a second about defending them. But would I be seeking revenge? That's how the BBC reported. That's how they reported Israel's response. It's a revenge attack. The BBC did that. The day, the, the day that Israel started to mobilize to go into Gaza, they said, in a revenge attack. Well, if it is, it's understandable. But is it? Or is it one for self-preservation? Maybe that's the difference. Maybe the difference here in my response to this is we know Iran intends to destroy the Jewish people, what they would call the Jewish entity, the little Satan to our big Satan. Maybe it's because they chant death to Israel. Maybe it's because I think that Islam is an evil, evil twisting of any faith. And I recognize, I do. I've met them. I've interviewed them. I've been on panels with them. I recognize that there are peaceful people who follow a version of Islam, and they are the minority worldwide. They're the vast minority worldwide. Islam has a radicalization problem. I'm not saying that Muslims worldwide are terrorists. It's a small, small portion of them who do that. I'm talking about views such as one should be killed if they leave the faith. There's some 80-something percent of Muslims worldwide who believe that. Now, again, there are peaceful people. And then there are terrorist states. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's why my response is so different. Is yours different between Ukraine and Israel? Did you have a different response? Was it more emotional? Again, I think it's the personal level of the killing. Of course, the Mockingbird media has their way of reporting things. And Mike Pence has a way of attempting to, goodness, I don't even know what. A couple of sound bites here. To CNN's credit, they're reporting on the murders by Hamas of young people at a dance party for peace. But the reporter has clearly gotten the memo. Hamas are militants, not terrorists. Hadass, I understand you're learning some more information about uh, that, that dance party that was taking place near the border uh, and the fatalities there. Yeah, Anderson, so we're now getting official confirmation, according to Israeli medical services, that 260 bodies have now been discovered and recovered from the scene of that music festival. This was called the Nature Festival. This was essentially a rave in the wilderness. Uh, and videos we're seeing from just before the attack took place makes it look like, you know, your typical music festival rave all night party with a bunch of young people dancing to DJs. Uh, but then after these rockets started launching around 6 6.30 on Saturday morning, militants then directly attacked this music festival. We have heard now and seen the videos, the harrowing videos of people trying to escape. This is also where uh, several of uh, uh, several civilians were captured and, and, and taken hostage by Hamas, including that video that we've all seen so often of that young woman on the back of a motorcycle pleading uh, as she's being taken away by Hamas militants. And we knew that there was going to be a high number of casualties at the event just by the sheer number of, of young people who attended, but also because what we heard from survivors who had escaped, some of them in really harrowing ways to get out of there, because many of them, Anderson, went to this sort of middle of nowhere place on shared buses, on shared cars, shared, shared taxis. They didn't exactly keep their cars there. So many of them fled essentially on foot. <laughs> 
if you just picture that, it doesn't need to be a concert. It doesn't need to be a concert for peace. It could just be simply a soccer game. Oh, on that topic. Uh, I happen to be speaking to you from a, from a hotel room today in the Seattle area. I'm giving a speech tomorrow night, an event called God Wins. Uh, and just up the street from me in Kirkland, Washington, I was going to stay in Kirkland. And I saw that the hotel I like to stay at had insane rates. And so I said, no, I was going to be staying across from this park. Because it's in that park that I like to do running exercises and workouts, run along the waterfront. It's, there's a restaurant just down the street from there, one of my favorite restaurants. I do eat in the restaurant time or two when I'm out. There were fistfights in that park between supporters of Israel and supporters of Hamas. Now, I, I didn't say, I didn't say supporters of the Palestinians. It is a bizarre thing to understand, and yet it is a true thing, that in cities like Seattle, there are, in fact, supporters of Hamas. There are, in fact, people who want Jewish people wiped out. They do, in fact, train their kids here. Not all of them, but many of them train their kids to look at police officers in Kirkland, Washington, as an occupying force to be hated. And it is they're, the parents will say, this is, this is a Hamas tactic. They exist over here. I was reading this morning The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis. And he's describing different forms of love, working up into a love relationship between us and God. And he talked about love of one's country. He says, we all know now that this love becomes a demon when it becomes a God. Anything that becomes a small g God and gets between us and and the Lord can become a demon. Let us not allow the demon of hatred into our hearts, even as we hope for earthly justice, even as we hope for the innocent to be protected as Israel goes about dismantling a terrorist group, utterly dismantling, utterly destroying it. God does provide us moments where there's a time for war. And how do we do that in a godly way? You have to hear what Mike Pence said. It's pretty shameless. Curious what you think. I'll continue to pray that you, like me, don't give in to hatred as we talk about this. This is The Disciples' View. I'm Todd Herman. Listening to Disciples View, I'm Todd Herman. I shared with you in the first segment today that, uh, to my shame, when I began to learn about the terrorist attacks uh, in Israel, that that I began prepping a radio show and a podcast. And and I I do feel shame for that. I feel great shame for that. I, I had the emotions. You probably did too. And now, the next thing I began thinking about, and perhaps this is even more selfish. I began to think about Eagle Pass, Texas. Now, I know that's worlds apart, but maybe it's some of the footage I saw of people leaving this rave or trying to leave this rave, this, this, this 
dance party where 260 young people were murdered. And incidentally, the effort that takes, apparently what happened was the Hamas, if you're on CNN, were to call them militants. If you're on MSNBC, you're to call them soldiers. They're terrorists. How do I know? Because they targeted civilians for political change, the literal definition of terrorism. They flew in on hang gliders. And that means they targeted the concert. They knew exactly where they were going and why. They knew what they were going to do. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was the, the landscape I saw. And it reminded me of some of the, the footage I've seen of Eagle Pass, Texas. But it was also seeing the Jeeps drive in to Israel and drive into the cities and the towns and, and go about their business of murdering families. Maybe it was the Jeeps. It was the image of people crossing a border unfettered. Uh, the, the danger that this country is leaving itself open to is unspeakably profound. When we've had, under the installation of the figurehead Biden in office, up to 8 million people come into this country, and the more, majority of whom will never know who they are. We'll never know. They dump their IDs, many of them, before they come across the border because they don't want to be identified. We know we found people from terrorist uh, supporting nations. We know we found people on the terrorist watch list. We know we found Chinese nationals. Are they connected to the Chinese Communist Party? I don't know. Is it xenophobia? No. Goodness, no. One of the things I was hoping to do while I'm over here in Seattle is to go into the city proper. So I can go experience the neighborhoods with different ethnic flavors and smells and languages. It's not as pronounced as it is in New York, but it's a little mini version of it. No, it's security. So someone would say, well, how would you prove that this isn't just a wild, paranoid suspicion you have that Hamas and Hezbollah and the Taliban – and the Chinese Communist Party in cooperation with them and perhaps Russia. How would, you, how would you go about proving that they're doing this on our border? Bringing in operatives, bringing in cells, bringing in operators. My question would be this, or my statement. In order to believe that's not happening, in order to believe that they are not bringing terrorist operatives and cells across our border, you have to believe the following. Ready? You have to believe Hamas would never do that. Why? Well, it's against the rules. You would have to believe that Hezbollah would never sneak their operatives over our our former border. We don't have a border, but over the line where a border used to be. And sneak isn't even really the right, right word. The figurehead Biden's people allow illegal immigrants to fly into the country using an app. You'd have to believe that Putin, if we want to believe that Putin wants this war with the United States, you'd have to believe that Putin being presented the opportunity, hey, Vlad, let's just fly him in. Let's just sneak him across the border. You'd have to say, no, 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 that's wrong. Make sure they're documented. Well, we can't break America's laws. It is an unbelievable fantasy. To think that Hezbollah and Hamas and the Taliban haven't already done this. 
okay, so the, why aren't they attacking us? Great question. We're a far larger nation with a lot more landmass. They're not going to go limit themselves to something like this with Israel, which is a lot. It's not just about, hey, look what we did. It's about, hey, look what we did, and you can join. The Taliban is asking for permission to cross landmasses to get in to bring some equipment they've come across. They came across it, of course, when figurehead Biden's people and politicized generals left it there for them. You have the rockets coming in, as I said, from Lebanon. Part of this is Iran saying to the rest of the Islamic world, hey, look, we have them on the ropes. Hey, look, you can join in. So would it be an attack in the United States from cells that came across our former border? It would be, look, we took out electrical substations. Look, we took out train tracks. Look, we took out politicians. Look, you can too. And it would be the long game. Wall Street Journal reports that Iran planned this. That is something we many of us already assumed, of course, because Iran funds Hamas. Certainly they funded it, but apparently they planned it. So what did they do? How many people do we need? How much ammo? How many weapons? What are the soft targets we can take out to make an impact? What do they ultimately want from the United States? I think they want ground troops. I think they want United States ground troops back in that region so that we can get into another quagmire instead of taking out the head of the snake I think they want to test drone attacks against our troops and against our ships. I think they've observed the war in Russia and said, that, hey, there's other ways, a war in Ukraine and Russia. There's other ways, asymmetrical warfare ways to attack. I think they want this. I'm not a military strategist. I'm a pattern recognition guy. They chose this time for this reason. And into that, we bring Mike Pence. So Mike I also Pence, believe this is what happens when we have leading voices like Donald Trump, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Ron DeSantis signaling retreat from America's role as leader of the free world. I, look, uh, that what happened in Ukraine was an unprovoked invasion by Russia. What happened this weekend was an unprovoked invasion by Hamas uh, into Israel. Uh, and I really believe now more than ever, uh, both uh, the debate within the Republican Party and the debate within America is whether or not we're, we're going to once again stand without apology as the leader of the free world, as the arsenal of democracy. The heartbreaking images coming out of both of these theaters of operations remind us that uh, America is the indispensable leader uh, of the free world. And if I'm president of the United States, We'll lead from American strength. So let us go through the statements from Mike Pence, which is perhaps the most desperate and stupid statement about these attacks that that man could possibly utter. He'd have to try really hard. So we have President Trump, who, in fact, wiped out ISIS because he got the lawyers out of the way. The president said, we're not going to have lawyers run this operation. We're going to have warriors run this operation. I don't particularly care, said the president, what Iraq thinks or what other countries think. We are wiping out ISIS who intends to wipe out us. It's impolite and it worked. So as he did that, then he moved on the Abraham Accords, which in fact did bring stability, which in fact did bring Saudi Arabia to the precipice 
of normalizing relationships with Israel, and some have said this is what um, this is what Iran wants to fight. They don't want that normalized relationship. Of course they don't. And it didn't happen under President Trump because President Trump showed, hey, look what I'll do to ISIS. President Trump is not our savior. We only have one. His name is Jesus Christ. And he will win the ultimate war. In fact, he's won it. Already has. President Trump is a flawed man. We all are. But he was unpredictable. The people who run Joe Biden are predictable. They back Iran. Tacitly, if not openly. Financially, that's been the pattern. Why? So Mike Pence is blaming a president under whom this did not occur, pretending that President Trump stepped back from the world stage or the involvement in the world, when in fact, he went... (laughs) to the world bodies and said, hey, we're done paying your bills. Hey, NATO, other countries need to step up. It's not going to just be us. Russia didn't go into Ukraine under President Trump. They waited until we had the figurehead. And, and, Mike, and, and Mike Pence rolls the governor of Florida into this? The governor who actually is a veteran? I understand he's decorated veteran. You're rolling him into this? At the same time as you have a decrepit and corrupt figurehead at the center of all of this, and you have a pattern. And the pattern is the people who back Barack Obama back Iran. Iran backs Hamas. President Obama told us In his book, I should have pulled the audio copy of this. President Obama told us that if the political winds shift in an ugly direction, he will stand with the Muslims. Now, this is true conspiracy. True. Except it's not. It's suspicion. It's odd. It's weird. It's always been weird. I was once on, believe it or not, remember Keith Olbermann back before he did a show from a basement? Uh, he was on MSNBC and he had a show, he had a, a, a feature in a show called Worst Person in the World. And that person one day, I was nominated to be the worst person in the world. And I lost to a shark. <laughs> he decided a shark was worse than I am. I was nominated because I simply put up a tweet that referenced. Barack Obama, in a very, very strange interview with George Stephanopoulos, where Barack Obama said, uh, uh, I, 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 uh, give, give, give John, John McCain credit. Uh, he's never questioned my, my, uh, my, 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 my Muslim faith. And George Stephanopoulos said, your Christian faith. And Barack Obama said, my what? He said, you're, you're, you're a Christian. You said Muslim. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I forgot. I'm a Christian. He didn't say I forgot. But he said, oh, yeah, 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 Christian. It's weird. I have never once misstated my faith. Now, maybe he meant. Maybe he meant that John McCain had never questioned whether he was a Christian or a Muslim, but that isn't what he said. And in his book, he said he would stand with Muslims if the political winds blew in an ugly direction, and he has stood with Iran. He has funded them time and again, illegally. 
under his tenure illegally with pallets of cash in foreign denominations. And we're not to ask questions about this? And the pattern continues under the figurehead. And we're not to ask questions about this? When the boss of Iran, some people call him the president of Iran. I don't play that game. When the boss of Iran got the latest $6 billion, Lester Holt, and God bless you, Lester, for asking this question. Lester Holt is an anchor at NBC, MSNBC. I met him once. I'm not name dropping. I don't consider Lester Holt important. I don't consider him important or more important than anyone else. I'm describing a circumstance. I met Lester. I found him to be a curious man, meaning he asked interesting questions, meaning he was interested in what we at Microsoft were doing. He went beyond just a surface level. I found him to be very, very kind. I found him to be very down to earth, just a normal guy. That speaks to his credit. I also found him to love journalism. And somewhere in his heart, somewhere inside Lester Holt, there's still a journalist. And he asked the the so-called president of Iran, the boss of Iran, he said, they tell us the $6 billion can only be used for humanitarian aid. He was September... 12th, interviewing him. What are you going to use it for? And he said, it's our money. We'll use it for whatever we want to use it for. A humanitarian means whatever we decide it means. Whatever the needs of the Iranian people are, we'll decide what their needs are. The government. They've already decided. The Iranian people need to end the Jewish people according to Tehran. Not the people of Iran. I always want to make that clear. They said it. Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State who was at the barbecue, I understand, last night with the figurehead because, you know, remember, Joe Biden called the cap. He's not talking to the press today because he had a late night at a barbecue, perhaps. Tony Blinken admitted they always use the money for terrorism. Always. And yet we gave it to them. Why? There is no more fundamental question beyond, beyond God's will, beyond when does Jesus come back, of this era, of this political era. Here is the question. How many of the decisions that figurehead Biden has made in the extension of Barack Obama's third term, how many of them are bought and paid for? How many of them are the results of bribes? It's a vital question for us to ask and to understand. Even more vital is to turn to the word of God in relation to all this. And I have a question about Jesus weeping. Because I didn't weep instantly when I saw this. I started to prep a radio show. We'll talk about that. We'll also do the Tower of Babbling when we continue. This is the Disciples View. I'm Todd Herman.
Thank you for listening to Disciples View. I'm Todd Herman. This is going to be uh, interesting. Bobby Kennedy Jr. That's a word without meaning, isn't it interesting? This is going to complicate things. Uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. has announced that he will uh, shift over from the Democrat Party to being an independent. Now, I cannot vote for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. because he's of a stance on abortion, because not so long ago he said that world leaders who will not back the climate cult should be in prison, because he has said that the NRA is as guilty of murders as the people who carry them out. Those are, those are, the, <clears throat> those are the positions of a lunatic. And, and Bobby Kennedy has done – Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has done more to fight – one of the great, great evils of our time, which is a lot of what Big Pharma does. I say a lot because, again, we do ourselves a disservice. And in fact, we bear false witness when we say everyone in Big Pharma. And I have uh, a dear family member. My sister uh, works for a small pharmaceutical company. And she is a diligent uh, and loving woman who I hope, I hope God will work through me uh, to bring her to the Lord. I hope he does that. We're trying. Uh, so I want to just make that clear. But no one has done more to expose pharma for what it has always been in many, many ways, which is destructive to us. And particularly in the COVID era, he's done a lot to expose Tony Fauci for what Fauci is. And there's been incredible evil done through Fauci. So he's going to run as an independent. It's likely he takes more votes from President Trump than, they did, than from the figurehead, from the figurehead Biden. And he's doing this because the DNC is an utterly rigged system with their delegates and automatic delegates and super delegates. If you're a Democrat, you have no say. <laughs> Bobby Kennedy Jr., uh, I keep saying that, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. would have to win 80% of states, 80% to beat Biden. And it's it, because the delegates, the super delegates and automatic delegates already belong to the figurehead. It's an extraordinarily rigged system. And it's a vital, vital message that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. carries. If you want to, to hear how a study shows that 17 million people were likely killed by the COVID shots, you can get that today. That's one of the hours of my podcast. It's at thetodhermanshow.com, or you can go to Apple iTunes or you can go to, to Spotify, search for The Todd Herman Show. I'm the guy with the gray beard standing in a field. And we went through that report in detail. It's very likely 17 million people died from these injections that they continue to push. That is a massive topic of our time. It is, to me, perhaps the topic of our time. I also want to address Jesus wept, the shortest sentence they say in the Bible. And I want to address that in relation to Israel, the attack on this concert, 260 young people murdered, and why Jesus wept. Just an exploration of that. First, though, we recognize God can't change, doesn't change, has never changed, will not change. We recognize that God, in fact, invented this sense of humor. He invented laughter. Sometimes it's just the bazaar, the theater of the bazaar, when he allows leaders to go about parading around their human wisdom. 
So we thank the Lord for placing supposedly wise people on tall towers of shaking sand with our feature called the Tower of Babylon. You know about the biblical truth of the Tower of Babel. A Disciple's View presents... Who doesn't love a yellow school bus? Trans women are women, trans men are men, and non-binary people are non-binary. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. The Tower of Babbling. MSNBC decided to make sure we know Hamas and Iran have a good reason for raping, kidnapping, torturing, and murdering civilians. Clip number five. Statements from Americans, mostly Republicans this morning, but some Democrats who uh, it, it's a bit boilerplate. It's a Israel is our greatest ally, the only democracy in the Middle East, our strongest ally. We must stand with Israel. Um, there's no nuance or recognition of anything mm-hmm. that has been going on, let alone the only thing Americans are worried about these days are these so-called judicial reforms going on in Israel, which have led to hundreds of thousands of people protesting on the streets. But lots of lots of Palestinians have said to me, boy, they wish that those same Israel who were out there protesting the so-called judicial reforms would be protesting Israel's inhumane treatment of the uh, Palestinians who live under Israeli occupation. But that's just not something that's happening. It's not something we're hearing from American politicians this morning. It's not something we're hearing from, I I think the only comment I've heard is from the government of Qatar this morning about this. And we're certainly not going to hear from MSNBC the establishment of Israel, how that happened, the biblical history of that, which is unchallenged and unchallengeable. We're not going to hear about there were no Palestinian people, that it was a name invented. We're not going to hear about the fact that Egypt didn't want to absorb these people, that they've been set up as a buffer between these Arab countries and, and Israel. It's been set up as a divide-and-conquer methodology. We're not going to hear that. And none of that excuses flying hang gliders into a concert to kill 260 young people after raping some of them. It doesn't excuse driving jeeps into a village, breaking into the doors of people's homes and murdering their children in front of them, taking some of them captive, taking grandmas captive. There's Americans apparently held captive. That doesn't excuse any of it. There is no context for that other than you're evil. And you have one hope, and that is Jesus Christ. You have one. The Apostle Paul participated in the killing of Christians. In fact, he may have participated in the first ever murder of a Christian. Of course, we know what the Lord Jesus did with him. And, and, isn't it amazing that as this is happening, there are a record number of Muslim converts to the Lord Jesus. It's happening in dreams. People are having dreams, being called to the Lord Jesus. Is that why Iran is panicking? Hamas is panicking? I can't tell if the demons think they've won, and so they're driving the world insane, or if they know their time is short, so they're doing what they can— And it doesn't matter because none of us know the time or the day of the Lord Jesus' return. But no, MSNBC, that was not context for murdering people. Shifting from MSNBC in this next sound clip to CNN. CNN's Fareed Zakaria let Mustafa Bargu of the Palestinian National Initiative claim Hamas was not murdering civilians. Um, What Hamas is doing is they're targeting Israeli civilians, women, children, grandmothers. No, they are not. Uh, is that is that 
Is that not a classic terror? Isn't that classic terrorism? They're not fighting the Israeli government. They're fighting ordinary people. That's one way of putting it, but it's not true. I think Hamas mainly attacked military establishments, military installations. And most of the people they, they have arrested and uh, taken as uh, pres war, uh, war prisoners are military people. I do not accept attacking any civilian. Uh, uh, I do not accept that Israelis attack our civilians. But look at what Israeli planes are doing now in Gaza. They, they are bombarding houses. They're bringing down to earth, and you've, saw, you've shown that on your, uh, on your screen, uh, whole apartments, whole buildings, high-rise buildings are brought down to the ground, and we already are reporting, uh, receiving uh, reports about families who are killed. Uh, nine people in one family, ten people in another family. In um, <laughs> pardon me. There's video. There's video of Hamas murdering civilians. There's still shots and satellite drone footage. <laughs> so to be a liar is one thing. To become the lie is quite another. Satan is through and through a liar, and he is the lie. <laughs> the lie that there's any way other than the Lord Jesus the lie that God lies. Last story in the Tower Babbling is not an audio story. It's simply this. 31 Harvard organizations, including Amnesty International's, or their, their Amnesty International affiliates, Harvard's, blame Israel for the Hamas attack that has now taken more than 1,000 lives. I think it's 1,100 lives, last I checked. It's their fault for being on holiday, for being at a concert. That's their fault for at a concert for peace, albeit a nature concert for peace. That's their fault. Wasn't it MSNBC who just told us that it's just right-wing deplorables who see no nuance in any of this. There's nuance all over it. There's also a biblical history and what God says about war. There's so much. Deuteronomy 20, verses 1 through 4, When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you should not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt and when you draw near to the battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart be faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you the victory. Specific time, specific case, but the fact doesn't change that God stands with his people. And sometimes we will face troubles. And God still stands with us. Proverbs 21, verse 31. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. Indeed, the victory is already had on a spiritual level. Ecclesiastes 3.8. A time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Time to hate. That part's easy for me when I watch what they did. And then the Lord Jesus said, hey, I'm going to ratchet this up. You're going to love your enemies. That's hard. Jesus 
when he approached the tomb of his friend Lazarus, and I would assume that most people in this audience are well familiar with John 11, Jesus had been told that his, his friend was sick, and so he delayed going for three days. Now, people unfamiliar with this story would say, wait a minute, he delayed? His friend was sick, and so he delayed? He did. Then he told the apostles, uh, the who, people who become the apostles, his disciples, that, G, that, that Lazarus was asleep, and they didn't get it. Well, then he'll awake. He's resting. And finally, the Lord Jesus said, no, he's dead. And he will rise again. And so Jesus eventually made his way to the home of Martha and Mary, two women he knew. In fact, they were friends of his. And Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days when Jesus announced that he was going to call him out, or to open, to roll away the rock, open the tomb. The women said, no, 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 he's been in four days. There's a stench. The Lord reminded them of who he is, and they confessed their faith. You are the Messiah, the Son of God. God will do as you ask, because you are God to paraphrase. And before bringing Lazarus out by telling him to stand up and walk, before any of that, Jesus wept. The revenge I wanted in my heart, and I've tried so hard to give it to the Lord God, is not mine. It, it, it belongs to the Lord. The revenge for what they've done to, to citizens and, and kids and babies and families and to humanity that belongs to God. I don't want to steal that. The weeping. I haven't wept yet, but there is a lot of weeping going on. Why did Jesus weep? I, I know that this is a debate among many, and I've read many opinions on it. This is just a thought exploration. Maybe it's this. Maybe the God of the universe who took on human form, who lowered himself some translations, into being a mere slave, some translations. Certainly as a child, dependent upon his human parents for food and sustenance, to feel pain, physical pain, to feel cold, had now been confronted with the stench of death, of a friend. And perhaps Jesus, fully human, fully God at the same time, in his nostrils, smelled the stench of death that was never supposed to be. Because when sin entered the world, death was created. Not just physical death, but spiritual death. And I wonder if the Lord Jesus, as he stood there, thought of all the humans he'd created in his own image, who would be forever apart from him, because they chose their way instead of his. And perhaps that's why Jesus wept. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Because we believe, we speak. Because he first loved us, we speak his Word, and we walk in the path of Jesus to make disciples of all nations. Until we speak again, may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding rest upon you. This is a Disciples View. I'm Todd Herman. God go with you.